even with winter meetings officially having come and gone, the offseason still moves on, and there's still some reported names that the Tigers have shown interest in. So we're going to take a look and address those. I guess we can call them rumors. And then we're going to talk a little bit about Erod. Just going to do a weekend recap of all the, the news that has come out about the Detroit Tigers' free agent pursuits all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers. Your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Monday, December 12th, 2022. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Okay, so like I said in the cold open, we're, we're just going to take a look at some of the – I almost don't like calling them rumors because like these are from Evan Petzold of the Detroit Free Press. Like These are from an actual person that, that is has ties with the front office and like knows what's going on. So I don't like calling them rumors because I almost feel like that has a negative connotation these days. And people view that and go, oh, like that's fabricated or like rumors are just made up or whatever. And these are like reported by an actual beat writer. Like the Tigers have shown interest in them to the extent that they have shown interest. Obviously, no one knows. Okay, but. We're just going to go over the list of players that Evan Petzold of the Detroit Free Press, I want to make sure that that's very clear where I'm getting all these from, uh, are has stated that the Tigers have shown interest in. Okay? I just feel like that's that's an important piece of, of news, a uh, great piece of writing, as always, by Evan. And, yeah, so we're going to take a look at that today. Then we're going to talk a little bit of Erod at the end as well. Might not be a full 30. But every time I say that, I end up giving you all like a 45-minute long episode. So maybe I shouldn't even say that. But uh, let, let's just talk. Let's just talk about who the Tigers have reportedly drawn interest from. Nope, that's not right. Who the Tigers reportedly have interest in. That's the right way to phrase that. So for starters, uh, well, actually before anything, anything, Tomorrow's episode is going to be an interview with a player on the 40-man roster. Uh, we have I, – I did the interview last week. It's already done. It's, like, ready to roll. Uh, and we've just had so much news with, like, winter meetings and everything that I want to stay up to date with the current news at hand. And so now that that's over, after today's episode, we should be caught completely up with, like, any piece of Tigers news we possibly could break down. So barring a move that happens on Monday – Tuesday's episode will be uh, an interview with the player on the 40 man. I had a fantastic time. He's an awesome dude. So that'll be just giving you an itinerary for the week ahead. Okay. So let's, let's talk about some of these players. I think I want to start with Seth Lugo. Seth Lugo is one of the players that Petzold reported uh, that the Tigers have shown interest in. This is a very, very unique one in the sense that we need innings and Lugo has been a starter before he has started games. He was a starting pitcher 
And then slowly, as his career has gone on, he's been more and more into the bullpen. And now, in 2023, it will have been three seasons since he has started a baseball game. Zero starts in 2021, zero starts in 2022, and seven starts in 16 appearances in 2020, zero starts in 2019, only five starts in 2018. He has not been an actual legitimate in-the-rotation starting pitcher since 2017 when he had 18 starts. So it's hard for me to believe that they would look at Seth Lugo and go, that guy is going to be a starting pitcher on this team. But I do think that they want as much versatility as possible and they want as much innings as they possibly can get out of the market for the rest of the offseason. And so I don't think if they go after Lugo, it will be pencil him in as a starting pitcher. I think that ship has probably sailed. But if we were to bring in Lugo, it would not surprise me if, say, in July, with a couple of, of injuries to the rotation or somebody needs to get skipped, in the rotation once that Lugo would step in and give us one to four starts this season. That would not be the most shocking thing in the world to me, but I don't think he's coming in. Cause that was some people's concern was like, Oh, you know, I, we need innings. That's not really a starter. I, I don't think they'd be bringing him in to be a like starting pitcher, starting pitcher. And that if they do, and they do make that clear, then that is certainly a conversation we would have on the episode breaking down the signing. But for now, I, I'm not going to speculate that that's true. I, I don't. I would not believe that at this present moment. I will say so. Taking a look at Lugo's career, a three four eight career ERA. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, this is a pretty on brand signing. He has some decent K numbers in his career, some decent strikeout numbers at times, uh, as far as like strikeout percentage, um, in 2019, he was actually in the 91st percentile in strikeout percentage. He ridiculous, like 33% clip, you know, one of every three batters almost was, uh, a strikeout. So very, very impressive season by him in 2019, uh, but looking at the last, I don't know, what do you want to do, two or three years, the K percentage has definitely gone down a little bit, but still this past season it was 25%, a strikeout, one of every four batters, certainly not bad at all, solid number. But the K percentage at 6.6%, pretty solid, okay? It's not like earth-shattering, oh my goodness, this dude is you know an, an artist that now walking people like some of the other players that we've shown interest in or have acquired already, but was good enough for almost the, just under the 70th percentile, almost the top 30% of the league. And he is in the top third of the league in walk percentage as far as starting pitchers or as far as pitchers period go. My apologies. Um, so the, the only thing is he, he's not really a big swing and miss guy. He's a, he's a, he gets strikeouts. But he's not, he has a really, a really nice and effective curveball, solid mid 90s fastball. He, he definitely gets his strikeouts, but it's not really on swings and misses. And it's, he was in the first percentile this season in chase rate. Okay. So he is not getting you to chase outside the strike zone, not the kind of stuff he has. But his curveball is in the 99th percentile in curve spin. 
that's always super fun. Uh, so yeah, like he's a, he's more of a weak contact in the 86% Thailand hard hit percentage, more of a weak contact, but also gets strikeouts just by pounding the strike zone and just not throwing too many balls. And you're going to have to do, you're going to have to make work with what he throws you if you're a hitter. And if you don't, then he's going to throw enough strikes in the strike zone every at bat to strike you out. So uh, definitely a, a relatively on-brand type of name to throw out there first. And yeah, I would expect him to be somewhat of a swingman if he was to be acquired by the Detroit Tigers. So that's the one I wanted to start with. And that's the only pitcher that was in this article and that was listed as well. So let's get into all of the hitters. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends of every professional sport and amateur league out there from football to basketball, soccer, esports. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline.net as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. But online, where the game starts. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked on Tiger. So uh, not going to do like the deep dives on any of these until they actually sign, but do want to give kind of a glimpse of the players they are, but also I think far more importantly, rather than just like the analytics and their numbers and stuff, I want to talk about how each of these players would fit into the 2023 Detroit Tigers because I think that's a more pressing issue at, at this stage like when it's a rumor that's like what you care about and then once you sign them you care about like are they good right so let's take a look at the next player up I think next I want to talk about Adam Frazier this is a, a really well I, I hate to to break it to you this is an interesting one that is the like the correct word uh this is a this is a very interesting one uh uh <laughs> Takes a man to admit it, but it is. No, but look, Adam Frazier had a really weird year this year where it was a lot of rhyming. He had a weird year this year, and his style of hitting is so unique. And, like, he doesn't swing and miss ever. He doesn't strike out ever. But he doesn't walk a ton, a ton, a solid amount, but not a boatload. He did not hit for power at all this season, but has shown the ability to have a little bit of pop in the past. Pop in the past. Now I'm alliterating words. But, like, he he really is a, a – a, he's he's unique. Like, there's not too many hitters in the game that, that base – the way that baseball is played today, in today's day and age, players like Adam Frazier are becoming – further and fewer between. And so it is kind of cool to see us linked to him. And again, we talk about dominating the strike zone and that's Scott Harris's thing. That doesn't necessarily mean everybody, I guess, has to walk a boatload. Like if you don't strike out, that's the same. It's not the same thing, but that falls under the same umbrella. That is also dominating the strike zone. If you're not striking out that, that falls under a, a similar train of thought. Right. And again, I'm not saying he he has like a 3% walk rate. Like he, he his walk percentage is very middle of the pack year in and year out. It's around that like seven to seven and a half percent walk rate pretty consistently every year of his career. Okay. So 
you're getting a, a, a decent walk rate. And again, a dude that just never strikes out. And he that's been a thing his entire career. 95th percentile in K percentage, 95th percentile in whiff percentage in 2022. And pretty much his entire career, year in and year out, he's in the top 5% in K percentage. So unbelievably talented bat to ball skills. Uh, only a chase rate of 54th percentile of the 54th percentile, which... Again, considering how, like, that's good. You, you don't want, even though his walk rate aren't, isn't super high, he's not going to just hack at everything either just because he knows he can hit anything. So that's nice. The problem, I don't want to call it a problem, but the discussion lies in the actual production that he had in 2022. There was, like I said, pretty much no power to speak of. His average exit velocity was in the third percentile, one of the worst in baseball. Barrel percentage, second percentile. Hard hit percentage, second percentile. Expected slugging percentage, 11th percentile. Max exit velocity, 19th percentile. He is in the bottom of the barrel pretty much across the board when it comes to power, and this team desperately needs some pop in the lineup. He hit three total home runs in 2022, had a 6-12 OPS. Now, I know that that is super scary because this team just had a ton of hitters that were under that 6-12 OPS mark, to be honest with you. And we're trying to take strides in the right direction. And that's not exactly an overnight, oh my goodness, look like the infield is fixed. Outside of last season, he has been pretty consistently somewhere in the 700s, okay? For the first, like, four years of his career, from 2016 to 2019, his OPS was in around 750, give or take about 30 points. Then 2020 happened. I don't really count 2020 for anything on anyone. That was a ridiculous season. Uh, He had a 661 OPS for those who do care about 2020. Then 2021 happened, and he had an 836 OPS and was an all-star, okay? He was phenomenal. He had that big trade to the Padres at the deadline, uh, and pretty much once he left Pittsburgh, he plummeted. His OPS for San Diego was 662, um, but it was 836, like I said, for Pittsburgh. So on the season, he ended with 779. So... Again, like he's pretty consistently in that mid to even high 700s OPS range. That would have comfortably led the Detroit Tigers last season. I'm pretty sure Hasse led, like qualified, you know, like Kerry Carpenter had pretty high, but he only played for, what, a month and a half. So I'm pretty sure that that pretty comfortably would have led the team in OPS. So I, I don't think that 2022 is – just like in a vacuum, this is what he's going to be for the rest of his career. He has way too many years where he's been a lot better than that to point at. But I certainly understand if you're like, hey, that's too scary for me. I'm not down. I don't think you're necessarily wrong for thinking that. I'm, I I understand completely. He is only 30 years old. You can give him a few years in theory. I, I, I don't know. I, I could really go either way. I guess. Now, the other thing is like his position. He had a really good defensive season this year and has been a pretty good defender for most of his career at second base. So what does that mean? He hasn't played third base in like five years. And even then it was like 20 innings. Like he he's not going to come here and play third base. So 
then you start having the conversation about if you were to bring him in, is that a Jonathan Scope is going to play third? A.J. Hinch has been pretty upfront about the fact that he believes Jonathan Scope can play third base. Um, Jonathan Scope only has one year left on his deal. So is that just, uh, oh, we, we missed out on like the big third baseman on the market, so we're just going to sign a second baseman and move Scope over to third? Like, is that really what what is happening? I'm not saying that it's the worst idea in the world. I, I, Jonathan Scope has a cannon for a second baseman, uh, and he put together you know almost a 30 OAA season. He was a phenomenal defender this year, uh, one of the best in all of baseball. So I I don't think that I don't disagree that Jonathan Scope could play a solid third base, but um, I, I don't know if bringing in a dude coming off of a six. 12 what is that, is that what i said 612 ops season to play second and then moving scope who had like a 500 something ops season to play third is like really fixing quote unquote the infield but i don't know i, I think that that one's kind of a, a really subjective one i think that a lot of people are going to have a lot of different opinions on adam frazier because in the last two years we've seen the peak of adam frazier which is phenomenal which was the first half of 2021 and then in 2022 we saw the opposite end of the spectrum and even in that again he still never struck out which is at least like definitely worth something whether you like it or not so we'll see what happens there but that was another name that we were tied to uh really quickly we can talk about brian anderson i have already gone in depth on brian anderson a few times this offseason so i'm not going to do it again uh but this is a dude that walks a pretty solid amount plays third base, the biggest hole on the team right now, uh, has an absolute cannon, like 99th percentile in arm strength around there every single year, uh, can play some other positions. Can he play them well? Not really a huge sample size at them, but I guess that would be something that the front office would have to do some research on and find out for themselves. But yeah, Brian Anderson is is definitely on this team's radar. I think we, I mean, we we talked about Brian Anderson, you know, right when they, uh, honestly, a while ago, I think right when they non-tendered candy, we started talking about the Brian Anderson possibility. So uh, definitely not a new name if you're someone who listens every day, but uh, certainly not a surprise that he is on this list either. Um, not going to give you a, a, a ton of power either, but again, solid walk numbers and uh, can give you some some average production uh, from the offensive side of the ball and isn't a liability defensively if he were to play third base either. So uh, he's also only 29. So I guess maybe if you're looking, you know, want to give out a, a multi-year deal, maybe you're more comfortable doing that than some other options. But uh, Brian Anderson, like I said, we, we've talked about him before, so we won't go super, <clears throat> excuse me, super, super in-depth on him. But Another player on this list. And lastly, do I want to do this before or after the break? Let's do it after, shall we? Let's do it after the break. So I need to tell you all about Simply Safe before we get into the last player. Uh, at Locked On Tigers, we believe the home should be where you and your family feel the safest, especially over the holidays. This season, Give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On Tigers listeners 40% off of a new security system. So don't put it off. 
I love it for a lot of reasons. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by the U.S. News and World Report for the third year running, by the way. Uh, in an emergency, they have 24-7 professional monitoring agents that use fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify if a threat is real so you can get a higher priority police response. Simply Safe is a whole home security system with advanced sensors in every room, window, and door, HD security cameras inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that can detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. 24-7 professional monitoring agents. Uh, that service costs less than a dollar a day. That's less than half the price of the traditional home security system. So get the top-rated Simply Safe system, and you can get their app as well. Keep being in complete control of your system from wherever you are. Don't miss your chance to save big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off an entire new system. A remarkable deal, only available at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB today. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. Boom. Last player we're going to talk about, then we're going to talk about Erod for a little bit. The last player on this list provided by Evan Petzold of the Detroit Free Press was Edwin Rios. This one is fascinating to me, okay? Edwin Rios, people should study Edwin Rios's career in school. Like, this is fascinating. This is a dude that has had some really solid production at the plate for, like, his entire career. And... Unfortunately, he just plays for like the deepest and most loaded team of like my lifetime. And so being on the Dodgers, he just never was able to get a legitimate opportunity, but he hit pretty much every with every opportunity that he was given. Uh, but the sample size is still like so small, relatively speaking, spread off, spread across four seasons that it's definitely a, a like weird feeling. His career OPS is 791. Okay. In 2019, he had an OPS of over a thousand in 28 games. Then in 2020, he had a 946 OPS in 32 games. 2021, he was brutal at the plate. He only had a 354 OPS, but again, only 25 games. And then this season had a 793 OPS in 27 games. He has only appeared in 112 games in his career at the major league level. 112 total games. Has a wins a career wins above replacement of 0.7 F4. Uh, has a WRC plus of 112. That's what 12% above league average hitter in those 112 games. I, it, it's just, it's so, that one is, again, I feel like I've said this word a lot this show, but that, that one is unique. Like that's so weird and something we don't see very often at all. And it's even hard to just like get a grasp of what type of player he would even be. His career high in games played in a season is 32. 
He has never taken a hundred plate appearances, not at bats, plate appearances in a season. He only has 291 plate appearances total across four years. But the slugging percentage is phenomenal. A 492 slug in those 292 plate appearances. Uh, only a 219 average. I know that scares some people. Uh, but an 8.6% walk rate in his major league career is not bad at all. That's middle of the pack, maybe even slightly above league average most years. Uh, but he also has an incredibly high strikeout rate at 32%. That's a lot. That's almost a third of his at-bats result in a strikeout. Again, so far in his major league career. This is a dude with ridiculous power that can draw some walks and is going to swing out of his shoes sometimes. And you're just going to have to live with it. Defensively, again, like he's played first and third. Uh, he's honestly, he's played a few positions because like he's played corner outfield as well, just because they're like trying to find a spot for him somewhere. But like, what am I even supposed to do with the like metrics and the data for, for defense? Okay. He's been like a league average, maybe even slightly below league average defender at first and at third throughout his career. But that's 162 innings at first and 219 innings at third across four seasons. That's not a lot. So he's, he really is a wild card and that would have to be one that you would just have to kind of tip your cap to our front office and go, okay, like, I guess we're going to have to trust you on this one because I'm not sure anyone really knows. (laughs) Next year would be his age 29 season. And he has 112 games played at the major league level. Super unique situation. I don't know. That one, that one's really weird to me. I wouldn't hate it. I'm not against it, but that one's just weird. Like that would take, uh, uh, is he going to play third? Like, would that just be the everyday third baseman? I guess probably. I don't know. That one's weird. I'm not sure how dominating of the strike zone that is either, but take a chance on a guy, give him a one or two year deal. You know, first time he's ever been an everyday starter and see what happens. Like who knows? Maybe these numbers aren't even exactly like a, a strict reflection over like what type of hitter he would actually be over a full season. Who knows? Complete wild card. So those are all the names. Uh, thank you to uh, Evan Petzold again for the millionth time. That's the dog. Um, let's talk about Erod a little bit here at the end of the show, and then I'll let you get up and out of here. So, this definitely isn't a conversation that needs to be like 30 minutes long or like a full show, just breaking down like Eduardo Rodriguez trade rumors, but it makes a lot of sense. Okay. It makes a ton of sense. Actually, this is a dude who is getting paid at this point, significantly under like four to 6 million, depending on what year you pick under the qualifying offer. And has an opt-out a year from now, an opt-out after the 2023 season. And I know that he had a really, really, really weird year. And I know that a lot of people like to clown on him for it and uh, that a lot of people are, are, you know, he's not a valuable trade asset because look what he did last season. He has a lot of years of providing a lot of innings. Okay. Like that's, 
It's not like this is the first year of his career and he did this. Like he has like six years of baseball under his belt. He's thrown a he has had a two hundred inning season. Like he's gotten Cy Young votes before. Like this is not just like some dude that just like showed up and uh, did that for the year and went AWOL like he did. And then like you know every year we're going to be questioning is he just going to disappear again? Like that that it's the only time he's missed legitimate time in his entire major league career was this year because of whatever happened at home and in 2020 when uh, he didn't pitch because he had like serious heart problems when he caught COVID. Uh, Like two very unique and like weird scenarios that are not applied to like, oh, every year we have to worry about him like doing this again. Like very, very exact moments in time that like are probably, uh, I guess I shouldn't say certainly, but – I would be shocked if they were replicable, okay? So when talking about his trade value, I think he has a decent amount. I really do. And this is this idea was first brought to light by another beat writer, Cody Stavenhagen of The Athletic. He talked about it. I believe he first talked about it on his podcast, but I, I know that he's put it in some articles too. So I don't know which came first, but... I, I, to my knowledge, he is the kind of originator of like stirring that up in the fan base and like having people scratch their heads and go, huh, like maybe. And it's because of the AAV. Like that AAV is looking like an absolute steal. Say what you want about the Avila era. I agree with you. That was a horrible, horrible regime. And I'm glad that we're through it. And I'm glad that we've moved on. Uh, but whether you like it or not, that value is incredible. Have you seen what starting pitchers are going for this offseason? Like, I don't care that that he, you know, didn't pitch for – well, I obviously care that he didn't pitch for three months. But when it comes to his value, it doesn't matter to me that he didn't pitch for three months. That is incredible value. He's making like 14 or 16-ish mil for the next five years. And, again, the qualifying offer this year was like $19 million. That's like the average salary of the top salaries in the league. Uh, he wasn't bad when he was pitching, even after everything went down and he came back at the end of the season, he wasn't terrible. Like the, I, I think there's some value there. And I think the reason why you trade him is if you're confident that you could hold on to him for the next, whatever, three or four years that he has left, that's one thing. But uh, again, because it's looking like it's such a steal value wise at this point, we're all looking around going, I think we'd all be shocked if he opted in. Like, if he didn't opt out, I would be surprised. The only thing that would prevent that, really, in my eyes, is uh, a huge injury, which, like, knock on wood doesn't happen. I don't want to see anyone get hurt. Um, uh, yeah, like, he, him not pitching again, I guess. We'll just circle back into that. Like, he, that would be the only reason and the only scenario I could see in which he would – not like he's not going to show up and pitch, you know, 170 innings and have a seven ERA. Like he's, he's too good. Like that's not going to happen. And so if he just stays healthy and stays on the field, I I think he's probably going to opt out, which means trade him now while he still has a year of control left. Or I guess he pitches in the first half. Uh, you kind of showcase him off and say like, Hey, look, he is pitching like every fifth day. He, he didn't, you know, disappear again. And, uh, maybe you trade him at the deadline then too, but I, 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 every day that goes by, I've come more and more convinced that he is not going to finish this season at Detroit Tiger. And I, it 
to maximize value. You know, you get a full year out of him. I guess you almost just have to start treating him like he's a rental, to be honest with you, uh, instead of having, you know, four years left or whatever. I think you you almost have to do that. You almost have to start treating him like, like he's on the last year of his contract, and uh, that might make the most sense to dish him. I, it, the logic really does follow. It, it makes a ton of sense. And so it was kind of something that, that as starting pitching was getting signed, people really overlooked and were like, oh, you know, like we haven't thought about Erod in a while. And then like Cody talked about it and was like, this is like crazy. If you look at what starting pitchers are going for, you know, look at what Jamison Tyone got. Look at what Taiwan Walker got. Like look at what some of these, these like second, third, even fourth in the rotation arms are getting paid. Erod's deal absolutely looks like a steal. And, you know, and I again, I know what happened last year. I talk about this team every day. doesn't change that. Like he, that's, I don't know. I, I and it's a player option. I really do see the vision there. And I, and I think that that makes a ton of sense. So just another rumor to throw in with all those other names of, of something to keep an eye out for. Okay. I think that's it. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. For your next listen, check on the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I said this one might be shorter, and sure enough, it went over 30 again. Classic uh, me move. Okay, so we're all caught up. So with news, notes, pretty much everything. Uh, unless you guys want to spend a whole half hour talking about how the Tigers are getting new lights in Comerica Park. We can do that, I guess, tomorrow if you really want to. But um, <laughs> so tomorrow's show, again, barring a news, a news, barring a move on Monday, tomorrow's episode will be an interview with uh, probably one of, well, I guess technically Matt Boyd is the newest addition to the 40-man roster now. But um, one of the newest additions to the 40-man roster, Brennan White who was the, I guess you could fair to call him the surprise edition of the Rule 5 protection ad when they added Reese Olsen, Parker Meadows, Brendan White, Andre Lipsius, Winsiel Perez. They added those five players. We were really expecting like two players added, maybe three, and instead we got five. And Brennan White was one of those. So yeah, I wanted to sit down with him, kind of introduce the fan base to him because uh, he had a really, really good season in double a for Erie, that team that made the playoffs down in double a. Um, and yeah, he had a phenomenal season with them for, a, for again, a really good team. And so it, it, and Scott Harris keeps talking about how much he likes Brennan white and, uh, how, how much, you know, he pounds the strike zone. He doesn't walk hitters. His fastball showed a lot of life this year, especially when he put it up in the zone. So, uh, that's going to be tomorrow's interview. He was an awesome dude, like the coolest guy ever. We, <laughs> yeah, he's he he was amazing. So you're going to talk about he's a big stats nerd. So we talk about some of the analytics that he uses. Uh, we talk about just some of the players on the team. We talk about his journey so far. We talk about, uh, I mean, just eerie season because it was so kind of magical. We talk about so much stuff. And I cannot wait to share the interview with you because he is an awesome, awesome dude. And I can't wait for him to pitch in an old English D at some point this upcoming season. So that'll be tomorrow's show again, barring any moves. Now watch, they'll make a move and I, this will all just be nothing. Uh, I appreciate each and every one of y'all. 
uh, last week was was very hectic and very busy, but I appreciate y'all for uh, for sticking with me. I think that's it. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope, and I'll catch y'all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.